So welcome back to another episode of the Happy Astronaut Show. It's been a while, I think a few weeks since my last episode, but this will be a good one. I have my buddy Karosh on, and we'll be talking a little bit about how to build community. Um, Karosh and I met, I think through Twitter, I bet he followed me, because you know, obviously I have the coolest Twitter account in the world, and uh, yeah, we've just kind of gone back and forth ever since, did a Zoom call last week, and uh, now we're finally you know acquainted online, and so I'll bring him up now so he can introduce himself and talk a little bit about you know, how to build a community and then what he's doing with a company that he's building called Waves that helps people how to build their community. So I'll uh, I'll try to get Karosh up. I'm still not great at some of these call-in tools, but I'll, I'll click on his name and see what happens. Hey. Hey, Karosh, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, how's my microphone? It sounds good. Yeah, it's not bad. Nice. Uh, thanks for having me here. Like, um, first time I'm using Colin. It seems pretty cool, to be honest. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on here. I, I'm going to listen to a few other episodes because I just saw the one, what's it like to be a stripper? I <laughs> yeah. want to know, so I'm going to check that out afterwards. Yeah, that was um, definitely so- an interesting conversation for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, quick intro about myself. Um, I'm Kurosh. I'm 22. I'm originally from Iran, Tehran. Moved to the UK, London about uh, five years ago to study business, which was very useless. And um, <laughs> yeah, during my studies, I started a community for young startup founders. And uh, while we were growing that community, we did a lot of like social media, marketing and stuff like that, any kind of marketing that you can think of. And nothing ever performed as good as us just throwing something super random into the community. So that's when I first got interested in community just because of the huge, huge conversion rates and how can, easy it is to reach out to people. Can you describe yeah. that really quick? You were throwing something random at the community. What exactly were you doing? Cool. So uh, let's say we had a community for startup founders and then you organize events, right? Just because people are signed up to your mailing list or they're following you on Instagram or whatsoever, it doesn't mean that they're going to come up and show up to that event that you need people to come to, right? Right. Um, We had, let's say, a thousand Instagram followers. We create a very nice story post, which would require us to write copy, create something that looks good put it out there, attach a link, send them on to Eventbrite, blah, 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 all of that stuff, right? We send that out to a thousand people. And that was still in the very beginning. So like those thousand users were people that we generally knew. They weren't as cold as they usually are when they're just your social followers. Yeah. So when we would do that, um, we'd get maybe 10 to 15 people to sign up. And then we had our community, which was a WhatsApp group with 250 people, right? And um, we didn't manage it at all. People were just in there. People were speaking. We'd throw in stuff every now and then. And then whenever we wanted to share something in there, instead of like creating something super creative, we'd just be like, hey, everyone, today at 5 p.m., click on this link to join one event. Boom, 25 people come suddenly, you know? That is insane to just get 10% of your people to join you just because you threw in something so quick into your group right and uh that's when i was like okay why do i even bother about doing any social media outreach or any email marketing or whatsoever why don't i just take care of my community it's already performing super well it's free for me to do i'm just going to capitalize on that and then um, i i went down this rabbit hole of how to optimize my community and i looked at some statistics of the past and blah 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 And basically, your engagement is usually the highest in the very early days. So when you start your community, uh, before your group chat turns into a community. And uh, I wanted that because I was happy with 10%, but I was not happy with 10%. I was like, okay, why can't we have 70%, for example? And then I saw, okay, we had 70% when we were just 10 people. So why can't we have that forever? Um, and that's where the idea of Waves comes from. Basically, what Waves does is it matches users within a large community into groups based on your interests. So if you're in a group for startup founders, you would get matched into a small group of 10 people who are either at the same stage as you or within the same industry as you or both. 
and you'd get your own small group chat. Uh, it is less scary to engage. It is more relevant to the users and engagement just goes up. We did that for a while. We did like a B2C business to <clears throat> consumer testing round. Let me know whenever I'm speaking too much. No, you're and, good. No, um, you're good. And we, we created around like 40 of these little group chats where we just match people to each other based on a quick survey and a landing page. And, uh, within two months, we had 500 people to sign up. And that was without us doing genuinely without any marketing. Like the average user would recommend it to three more people, which was just gold. So we did that for a while. And then I thought, cool, that's great. It works better. We just created the best startup community of all time. Don't at me. Our rates were <laughs> insane. Um, can we do that for everyone and make some money with it? Uh, can we do that for every business out there? And that's when we turned B2B. And uh, yeah, that's that's my story so far. Yeah, and, and there's so much truth in what you said about community because I've built a few different social media accounts myself. You know, obviously I, I got some followers on Twitter. I have like 1,600 on Twitter. I've built, you know... Uh, one account that I had on Instagram, you know, the first account I ever built, like 3,500 followers. But every time I'd go to sell something to these people, um, my my conversion rates were crazy low. Like, you know, we're talking like 1%, 2%. And it was always so frustrating because you put so much work into all of this content and putting all this stuff out there and getting these followers. And you feel good when you have these milestones. Like, oh, I hit 1,000 followers, I hit 2,000. And then all of a sudden you try to go sell them something because you want to monetize it because you work really hard and it doesn't turn into anything. Um, so I definitely think your comments on community are super important. So we actually just built a feature on Fidio that just went live yesterday called My Community where you can get paying subscribers like on Patreon. And the goal is to, for like, you know, our users to be able to put people in group chats um, and, you know, send them free workout programs and, you know, communicate with them and, and sort of build their community and, you know, instead of them just being followers, they're subscribers, so they're paying as a result. So I'm definitely on board with the idea of community. I think when I first talked to you, the whole idea of waves made perfect sense because, you know, I'm big into Web3 and crypto and NFTs. And you join, you, you buy these NFTs, you join these Discord groups, and you're just like, man, there's like all these different channels that you can go into that might interest you more. But you never really know who you want to talk to. You don't know any of these people. So being paired with people who are even more niche within the niche itself um, really just kind of makes perfect sense. Um, so all you, your, your whole thing is on Slack, correct? Uh, yeah, we started out on Slack. Um, for full transparency, our product is not ready. Nowhere close to being ready because creating these groups is like a logistical nightmare. Mm -hmm. um but yeah first time the first release is definitely going to be just on slack and now when are you expecting that out of curiosity always one month from now literally <laughs> one month from now it's going to be the month after yeah yeah so sort of like elon musk time right yeah exactly of course that comparison between elon musk and i is spot on <laughs> <laughs> no it's just that um I'm very inexperienced when it comes to developing anything. I really uh, did not expect it to be like that, even though we're doing no-code stuff. Product work, building something from the ground up, especially like a SaaS that is just mildly complex, I really grossly underestimated the difficulties behind that. Now, uh, as far as your MVP goes, you, you in the very beginning, you were just, you know, sort of getting into these communities, giving them some sort of a, you know, sort of a type form or Google form or whatever, and just having them fill it out and isolating people based on that. Does building, does Waves kind of look something like that or is it a little more robust? Well, it is still pretty much like that in the sense that our MVP was a survey connected to a WhatsApp chat. And then it was a survey connected to Zapier connected to a WhatsApp chat, right? And then slowly we just added and added and added until I thought that cool, it is relatively robust and I've learned, I've made most of the mistakes that I really can't make when I'm selling this to a business and they're just pissing their users off, right? Yeah. Um, we had that back then. But um, nowadays we have an entire web app that plugs into your Slack 
and um, you would have all of your users on that web app immediately. You send them a survey, you create that little niche group chat that you want to send them on to, and then you do it for them. Because um, it has to be so ridiculously robust because community managers are time poor. They're very time poor and they're mm -hmm. also resource poor, right? Um, you see it more often than not that a community of 10,000 people is led by like one person. And that is insane. Um, honestly, anything that would take the community manager more than 30 minutes to do per week, I could immediately say no to. Right. Now, I do want to speak about this. This was going to be a little later in the conversation, this particular question, but is community building a full-time job? Obviously, you're talking about one community manager per 10,000 people. Like, Obviously, that would take a lot of time just to manage that entire group, that whole cohort. Um, what does a community builder do on a daily basis if it's a full-time job? Yeah, cool. So let's look at it from the perspective of, hey, my goal is to just build a community. Let's say we're building a community as a product company, right? Uh, I'm going to mention that first, and I'm going to talk about like the hidden layers that are not as obvious. Mm -hmm. What you would do as a community manager on a daily basis is... Uh, First of all, invite people to your community, schedule one-on-ones with them, introduce them to your community, make sure that they feel welcome and ready to contribute. Then that is the super high level thing. Then you go a little bit deeper. Uh, once you've grown to a stage where you're like 500 people, immediately it's impossible to already have all of these one-on-ones with the new members. So you need to design a very nice onboarding flow. Right, where you educate the user, you make them feel welcome without you necessarily having to be there and personalizing every single message. Mm -hmm. That design is, um, that takes quite some time and quite some testing. In the same way that if, if I were to say that designing an onboarding flow is super simple, I would pretty much shit on every UX designer out there who's trying to create <laughs> the perfect onboarding flow for their app, right? Like, uh, how can I introduce someone to this new place without overwhelming them and with making me with just letting them feel like they came up with this, like making it as intuitive as possible. So you create that, then you see how that goes. Then you create content for your community, right? You have to send them something. People are not just going to randomly speak to each other. You answer questions. So you do support stuff because people always have questions about anything, right? Then you got to figure out how to keep them engaged. Is that through events? Is that through like weekly AMAs or anything like that? And then finally, the scariest part is you have to somehow be able to turn all of this relationship building into numbers that you can put on a piece of paper and show to your boss. Um, even if that might be yourself, that would kind of say that hey, I know that this just looks like a group from the outside and it's just people speaking, but this is the return on investment on our business. That so, kind of thing. Yeah, going to the to the metrics, you know, how do you know when you've built a successful community and maybe deeper than that, what are some important metrics you can track for your community and, you know, prove that they're having an impact on sales? Ooh, that is super difficult. Um it can be felt <laughs> and this whenever someone listens to this uh this is going to sound like i'm bullshitting my way through it but at this point in time it is mostly felt then 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 put into numbers so there's it's, no primary kpis around community you don't think there definitely is but they're very like business dependent right so let's say that you have an app like yeah fideo uh, mm -hmm. You're an app, right? What's really important for you is how many people buy courses and how many daily active or monthly active users you have, right? Those are two KPIs. Let's, is that true? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Those would be two decent ones for, for sure. Yeah. Cool. So uh, now you have a new user within your community and uh, then you you just check out their their behavior on the community and their behavior on your app. Like... Do they spend more time on your app than the person who's not in the community? Do they buy more courses than a person who's not in the community? If the answer is yes. You look at that behavior of the person within your group. Do they speak more than other people? Like, do they contribute more? Do they reply more? Like, how often do they check my community? 
And then after some point, you're going to get to the stage where it's like, okay, I checked out like 500 people who are on my community and they are very obviously more bought into my idea than the people who are not on this community, right? That's how you would kind of see the return on investment of the people uh, on your community, right? Of the community on your app. But then within the community, the way you want to kind of see whether it's going well or not, that's again different and that depends on the community. So Zapier has a community definitely, but it is a support one, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a place where people ask questions about the product and people give you answers. Uh, for every new question and answer, you're saving time of a customer support person that would actually have to get on a call and speak to someone, right? Let's say they pay, they're paid twenty dollars an hour and then every call takes like 30 minutes right for every new question and answer you're saving a bit of money uh for you to figure out whether your community is going well though apart from the return on investment it's uh how long does it take for a person to get an answer whenever they throw in a question so like time to first response mm -hmm. that is less important in a community when your main goal is to just help people become friends, right? Help yeah. people build relationships. What's more important there is um, the number of contributions per user, how often people reply to stuff. Whenever someone just asks a question, how many people give great answers to that? How many people get on DMs with each other? How many one-on-ones are created through that, etc. That is much, much harder to measure than uh, a very very straight to uh, money kind of path, like the support ones. Um, so obviously I feel like some of this leaves people feeling a little uncertain, like, okay, I'm going to build this community. I don't really have some great ways to track the benefits of it. What? So obviously we talked about engagement rates. Let's say I put on events, I can get more events, sign up, stuff like that. If I'm building a company, maybe we should talk about what types of companies benefit from having a community. Cause I know in the last conversation you and I had like, Coca-Cola probably wouldn't benefit much from having a community, but what are the benefits to businesses building a community? Um, let's talk about businesses because that's what you know most, but if you do have anything you could mention for like people's personal brands, you know what they could derive from a community, especially when it's so hard to track the obvious impacts. Yeah. Um, let's start off with this thing where... It is very something that is super obvious for all of us to understand. Um, a lot of us are not community people, but a lot of us have been in group chats with some strangers that they've turned in that just became their friends over time. Right. Like that connection you can make with other people within communities. You just can't make on social media. Right. Like in the comment section. Yeah. If I see one dude or one random person in the community speaking every day about their progress I reply to them every now and then. They reply to myself. We slowly build a connection under a brand name. Yo, that is so valuable, right? If I only am engaged within the Nike community and all of my friends I've made through the Nike community, then I don't care if Adidas has the coolest newest shoe tomorrow, right? Like, I'm not just going to give up on my community and the friends that I've made under the Nike brand name to just go for, like, a better product somewhere else. Yeah, community gives you, yeah, community gives you that kind of moat, which is like a brand solves a problem, but what if that brand solves your problem and also helps you make friends with other people? And we really, really desperately all want friends or like some kind of connection online. Um, that's like the first spot where I would, would, where I would think of the benefits of community on your business. Yeah, you're and creating a I tribe of like-minded yeah, people. You're creating a tribe of like-minded people, right? And you're giving them a place where they can meet more people. They can speak about their problems. They can just kind of let out that one specific persona that they have there, right? And then your brand is always going to be top of mind for them because uh, not only do they use your product, but on top of that, they also spend a lot of time within your community, right? So that's that. It's really hard to put into numbers, but it's also hard to put into numbers because the effect is not immediate, right? A relationship is not built from one day to the next. It takes some time. Well, and it's even like building a company in the first place. Many times the best companies are things that people aren't even asking for. They're things that numbers can't even track. You build it and then all of a sudden people come because you've solved a problem that people didn't even realize that they had. Same with building a community. Like you give 
a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of friends under a topic, under a, you know, some sort of similar category that they didn't even know that they wanted in the first place. Yeah, exactly. You turn, you help someone find their people and that's it. You've won as a brand, you've won, right? Um, from another perspective, let's say you you just have a personal brand, like your company is your personal brand and you sell information products, for example, mm-hmm. right? If you bring people together under a community and they're able to always reach out to you, they know that whenever they put something into that community, you will be reading it. So like their hero will be reading what is on their mind. Like they can get to meet other people who are doing the same things as them. Like they have some stuff in common, blah, blah, blah. Like that is also a very, very powerful connection that you just can't build on um, on on Twitter, for example. Like you can, but it just takes way more time. You know how everyone says that um, if you really want to build a community on Twitter, you got to DM people and not just comment? Yes. Like in a community, you're constantly DMing, right? It's just like, hey, we just cut out all of the other social stuff. This is basically just a group chat between a ton of people. You're messaging each, each other. You're not commenting anymore. Um, that's a benefit it kind of has for your personal brand. Um, yeah. And anecdotally, everybody who likes my post on Twitter, you know, the few that the few engagements that I get are people who I've actually built genuine connections with through direct messaging. It has not been people who I've just like commented back with a whole bunch of times. It's always the people like yourself who, who keep coming back because, you know, we built a connection, you know, sort of off the main feed in something more personal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, now let's say somebody has a few users on Twitter and wants to create an engaged community around it. How should they begin and what tools should they use? Hmm. This is kind of difficult in the sense that, uh, like, what, what kind of person is that? Um, there's always, like, the company mission, uh, the company vision, excuse me. Yep. And that vision can also be like a personal brand vision. Like, let's say your personal brand vision is uh, to help 1 million founders by 2035 uh, or something mm-hmm. like that, right? That is the vision for your company. If you want to create a community around that, you have to find a community mission that is adjacent to your vision, right? You can't just create a community around that vision and just speak about yourself in a sense that like, hey, I just put you all here so you can read my stuff on Twitter, but you can also read it here in the community now. Find a mission that is adjacent and supportive of that vision. So if you want to help a million founders by 2035, it would be great to build a community to stay uh, updated on what your founders are up to or help them stay accountable or help them meet other founders who can help them stay accountable, right? So find a mission that is adjacent to your company's vision and supportive of it and something that provides your people with an intrinsic motivation or benefit to just join your community, right? Find something, find that sweet spot where people are just so excited to be in this new space with other people just like them. Like, what are the benefits there? Um, and once you find that, like, the tool that you use is really not that important. Um, it like is important. Discord, to... Slack, WhatsApp. It could be anything as long as it's something you're good at using and is effective. Yeah. What's most important is that the people that you want on your community are already using the platforms, regardless of whether your community is on it or not. Right. There's a ton of um, community platforms out there that require members to input a completely new URL into their browser, or they need the users to download a completely new app. You don't want to do that because you don't want to have to be the one who builds that habit for your user to check out your platform. You want to be on WhatsApp, like the place that they open to the, the place they go to, to speak to their mom. And then whenever they're speaking to their mom, your community is there too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You want to be on Slack that uh, they open 10 times anyways, because they have like 20 other communities there. Or you want to be on Discord because they always have it open while they're gaming, right? Um, figure out where your people are and then go to them. Don't make, don't kind of force them to come to you. And Yeah, uh, I like that. Decrease the friction as much as possible. Always, 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 always decrease the friction. Like, you know this, you're building an app. 
it is so difficult to make someone just get out of their usual habit of not clicking on your app. Oh, it's brutal. Get them in. It's brutal. <laughs> it's terrible, right? Like, I think it is, it is genuinely the reason why I never wanted to build an app and I don't want to build an app. I just read like a few articles about it and I was like, I'm just scared. I'm too dumb for this. I'm not doing this ever. Right. Um, yeah, and all we've been doing, this is a little off topic, all we've been doing is building features to make the barrier to actually using it lower. That's all that's since day one, that's all the new features we've created have been to either further entice users or decrease the friction. Like just make it so that they don't have to use other things to use our app or whatever the case might be. And the same is absolutely true with the community. If I have to like if I have to you know, download your you know, messaging app for your community, um, I'm going to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah, hell no. Like, it's you're just asking too much of the people, right? Um, and community is about being simple. It's about being just made for the user, like without your company's goals in mind, just like a place where you can say thank you to your members every single day. Like, give love and receive love. And then you start giving love by just kind of, giving a shit about where your people are and going there, right? Um, and then the cool thing about building community and the reason why I started really caring about building communities is because it is so similar to building a startup in the sense that you start simple, you only do what your users want, you never build something that no one ever asked for, uh, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of personal connection to grow uh, with your first members and if it goes well, it will blow up. But it is definitely a long game. It is a marathon. Um, so, so what yeah. are some what are some mistakes people often make when building a community? Uh, they want to get too many people into it too quickly, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let's let's come up with a scenario. You you've just built a community about uh, bananas just randomly you want to share your love for bananas or like a genuine community idea is a community for people who love to plant bananas like they just love (laughs) playing around with planting bananas right yeah um if you're that niche you definitely want to be introduced to other people who are just as niche as you um you put a post out on twitter and you say that hey you have this community why don't you join it if you're interested in that and out of those five thousand followers that you have maybe five people come in Mm -hmm. Bad thing that you could do here is push it out 70 more times until you get like that person who's not really interested, but they just want to check it out. If you start out with a community and very, very few people join you, that is totally okay. Like just be a group of six people, talk to those six people, introduce them to each other, let them become friends and let them share this with your, with their friends. Grow slowly. Don't grow quickly. What if 500 people suddenly join you. You don't have an onboarding flow. You can't have one-on-ones with anyone. And immediately your community is scary because a group chat with six people is just not as scary as a group chat with 500 people. Yeah. If you say something dumb, you've lost five connections in the small group. If you say something stupid in the big group, it's like not only did you lose like 496 uh, 99 connections, but there's also probably someone in there who's like a neo-Nazi and they're going to come kill you, right? So, and <laughs> Or somebody's just going to cancel you and just, you know, yeah, blow you up yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. What if there's like a TikTok influencer in there and they just cancel you? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're dead. Um, so yeah, start small and be proud of being small because we all know this. Every community manager knows this. The smaller the community, the more potential it has. Be proud of being super small and super niche. Now, um, how do you sort of ride the line between speaking about your business and your products and building your community? So what I'm trying to say is how do you f- make it feel like you're not trying to just advertise to your community about your product? By just not advertising. Just um, not doing it at all. Yeah, just not doing it at all. Um, the coolest community that I'm in is a community called the Community Club. And it is led by a community analytics startup. They're massive. I don't even know if we can call them startup anymore. A Comsor. So 
within that community, the amount of advertising they do for their brand is so minimal to a point where the place isn't even called the Comsor community. It's just called the community club. But the thing about that is that we all know that this startup created this community. We mm-hmm. all know that the startup is pouring in like massive resources to make this community grow, but they never speak about it. But because we appreciate all of the things they've done for us and all of the help we've received from them, obviously I'm going to go and go for Comsor, right? Like there's essentially three of these new products out there that are all the same. They all do community analytics relatively similar. And I can tell you like my top three, like my ranking of them. And that ranking is literally just based on how cool their communities are. Speaking of that ranking, uh, one of my next questions was going to be, what are some communities that you know of that are fantastic in the way that they're managed? Um, what would be that ranking? Uh, cool. So number one would be the community club. It's a community for community managers. Like if you ever thought about building a community, just join that place. Engage, community for a-, a community that's managed by a community builder that's managing a community of community builders. It, it is just a community <laughs> for community builders. That's that's basically it. Um, it's just a place where there's like a ton of community managers. So it's super meta. It is obviously the most engaged community because it's made by a bunch of people right. who cry themselves to sleep whenever we don't have any engagement. So uh, we're all super active in there. That yeah, place, probably just a whole bunch of extroverts who just need to be talking to people all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Um <laughs> And then number two is uh, Krauss House DAO. So they're a DAO and um, they're on Discord. Basically, their goal is to buy an, uh, an NBA team, which is very cool, <laughs> to be honest. It's just it's a ambitious. Bunch of, yeah, it is ambitious, but it's just a bunch of kids like people like you and me who decided to, okay, come, let's just buy an NBA team. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think they're so cool is because um, they have this specific onboarding flow where when you join the community, you're not added to a large group chat. You're added to a group chat with 15 other people, and it's called a draft class. And before you're ever thrown out there into the wild, you get to meet at least 15 people. You're all given tasks. You complete these tasks together. So by the time you're out, you already have like a certain degree of confidence about contributing within this community because at least 10 people are not strangers. They're kind of your friends. Um, they're amazing. Like if you're into Web3 and you just like the shape of a basketball, just join that group. I don't care about <laughs> basketball. I swear I couldn't give less of a shit about basketball. And I love that place. Like I would die for them right away. Um, well, it's that, I like that setup. I like the whole concept of a draft class because we can all remember either going to college or even just playing sports. But let's just talk about the process of going to college. Like usually, you have some sort of um, like introductory sort of uh, like tour that you maybe you do like a weekend tour at the the school, and you have like that little cohort of like you know maybe thirty kids who all go to the school, like, together, you, you hang out for, like, the weekend, and you get a tour of the school from some of the upperclassmen. And that ends up becoming a little group of people that you end up going to school with, and you already know, like, 30 people. And this draft class thing, and then you can think of sports, too, like, when you're, you know, a freshman in high school or college, and you decide to, um, you know, play a sport, like, your real, like, your niche is your little freshman cohort of kids even if you make like the jv team or you make the varsity team like you're very used to those people so it it, that draft class concept kind of makes perfect sense especially to introduce you to this wider group of people now you already have your little group it yeah that's genius i'm just i'm just thinking about it yeah it's also like half of the 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 reason how we like half of the time we use waves just in that same thing like just a small group of friends, right? And Dow Kraushouse, the love of community is just felt, not just because they put so much effort and time into introducing you in there, but also because it's the little things. It's like, it's calling it a draft class rather than an introductory group, right? Something mm. that is connected to basketball. Or they call 
their community contributors, so people who are part of the community, not really affiliated to Krausehaus, but they help them out. They call them agents. And what agents do is they speak to new members one-to-one. They figure out what new members are into, and then they connect them to the places that they should go to, like the channels they should go to. They're called agents, which is very cool, just like in the sports, right? And I am going to start working just a little bit with them. Like, I'm just going to try to help them out as best as I can. And I'm blown away by the energy that some people put in there. I don't care what anyone says about Web3 and that it's not really solving any problems, blah, blah, blah. And that that Yeah, those people are just wrong. Yeah, I mean, even if it's right, bro, who cares? There's, There's so many people in this DAO that are putting in serious hours into helping them out. And I think that's just beautiful. Then uh, number three, community number three is uh, Bunch.ai. It's a Slack community for leadership. And um, basically Bunch's app is an AI leadership coach. You get a tip every day. It's a little quiz that you can take where you learn more about how to really manage people or how to manage yourself. Their AI is pretty strong. Their community is very loving. They were also our very first customers, so I'm biased. Gotcha. But I just love them. <laughs> they're they're great as well. So yeah, I joined that one too. But yeah, that's about it. Who are um, some of your favorite community builders, and what makes them so successful? Maybe somebody we could follow on Twitter. Somebody we uh we can we can find and and you know see their content and learn from. There's one person you need to follow, which is uh, Rosie Sherry on Twitter. Rosie Sherry. She's just like, I don't know, the, the, the creator. At this point, to me, it seems like she just created communities. <laughs> she knows so much about them and she loves them so much that you could just say that Rosie created communities. Let's just say that. Um, what's, um, what's her, just so we know. Um, her at? Yeah, her, um, uh, her handle. I think it is. Um, there we go. Rosie, so R-O-S-I-E, and then uh, Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y. So that is just the full thing. I really like her header on Twitter, Rosyland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, Rosyland is like her own, her own thing that she does as well. She's great. Also a very, very nice person. Uh, she's very brutal about community building. She calls bullshit when she sees it, when she sees it. And um, yeah, great person. Now, there was one account I saw you had like commented on somebody's, um, or maybe you just liked somebody's tweet or something like that. It was like a, it was a Twitter account that was like almost, it almost was like making fun of community building as like a marketing strategy. What's the situation behind that? Or was it all... Uh, satire. Uh, do you mean the one where the profile picture is a laughing emoji? Yes. I forgot the name, but it's just like satire. It's um, we know we're stupid. Like a lot of community building is very dumb, mm-hmm. so we like to make fun of it. Um, it is. Uh, I think this is like accepted right now because community blew up during the last two years. Community has always existed, right? But businesses are starting to see the benefits of community. Um, so it just exploded. But even though it has exploded, the budget for community managers hasn't gone up. Just like the amount of work that you need to do. But no tools, no budget, no help, no anything. So you always feel like an idiot when you're doing community management. And um, it is a job that is so, so hard to do because you receive zero gratification for it sometimes if you're managing a community that is just silent you're giving it your all every single day but it's not working out like you fall asleep at night with zero new messages because that just reminds you that you're failing you wake up in the morning and you're scared to check your phone because you know zero messages right (laughs) it's uh it's a really really sad thing it's also a big reason why I stopped doing B2C stuff because I just couldn't handle the anxiety anymore. Um, what was the big difference for you with B2C versus B2B as far as like the anxiety? If you could speak to that. Uh, I'm 
very confident that if we are continue doing like B2C, we'd be at, I'd say 10,000 people right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just not able to handle that because I'm already a super anxious person. Like during the time when I was doing B2C and I was every waking minute of my life, I was wondering whether like people are speaking or enjoying it or hating it. Why is yep. this chat quiet? Why are these people fighting? During that time, I had to take like serotonin against serotonin pills against my anxiety. And I couldn't deal with that anymore. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do shit. So I stopped that. But a big reason why I stopped it was actually a business reason. Um, B2B makes you more money. I'm not going to try to be like smart or cute <laughs> about it. Like I need money. I'm 22. I'm sorry. I don't have a trust fund. I, I need to make that B2B money. So we switched over to that. Um, but as a passion project, would I start B2C again? Yes. If I don't have to do anything, I well, will especially, just give the opinions. Well, especially you probably want to also, once you can afford your own community builders to build a community around waves itself and then build other help people as with your tool to build other people's communities. I'm assuming obviously that's something you've thought about. Oh yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, it would very it would be really weird of us to build a community product and then not have have a community have your own around community. it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so oh maybe you should do that as a gag though. Like just not maybe, have a community just just, just because not have a community <laughs> just because right? Um we have an in-house community manager but we just don't have a community. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, but to be honest, man, like for your apps specifically, I would, I'd invest in a community manager whenever yeah. you do have the money. Go yeah. It's, it. um, you know, that's been the, actually I've gone back and forth with like, who's our first hire. Now we have like interns every once in a while who, who help us like with little odd jobs and little odd tasks. Um, but beyond Siobhan and I, who is, you know, what's the next most important uh, person to have on board? And to be quite honest, I thought it was going to be a designer, a GD, um, and like a UI UX person. But I've actually been getting better at it. So I'm, and I, it's the thing I have most fun with. So why would I take that job away from myself? Um, but I hate talking to people. Um, other than right now, this is great, Karosh. I don't mean to say anything about you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just, I don't like, I'm not a big extrovert. I don't like parties. Like, I don't like big groups of people, and I'm definitely not going to build a community. So I think, honestly, especially with the product we have, building a community with all of our fitness influencers, all of our fitness creators to, like, get them to know each other um, and get them to, you know, share their tips for success and all those sorts of things that they can provide value to each other with is, like, it would be the coolest thing. So I think you're 100% right. And I think that's probably the next person that we hire. Yeah, I wouldn't hire anyone else. Like... People can deal with not so pretty UI. Hey, um, I'm an for... amazing UI designer. Okay, so let's be real. Like you just started out. I can promise you're not amazing. Come on. Have you have you been on video? Well, yes, I tested it. I did a lot about it around and it. And, and so, what's your what's your review? To be honest, I didn't think that you were the one who did it. I was like, this is very nice. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing, though. Like, bro, it's good enough. Yeah, I know that you got into it and you 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 love it. That's why you're you have a boner for wanting to see the coolest like UX <laughs> out there. But you don't need that right now. It looks no, you're tr- you're totally right. Yeah, so <laughs> I get it as well. Like, I also started doing like UI stuff in the beginning. It's so annoying, but then at some point, it's fun. Once you can um, actually put down what you see in your head. Once you have like the tools to at least get to that point, it gets a lot more fun. Definitely. Definitely. But getting there is difficult. Getting there is challenging. Especially even just learning how to use the tools. Uh, Learning how to use the tools is is hard. Yeah. And another argument for that is like, what you need most right now uh, is, um, is users. Yeah. Right. And to get more users, you keep speaking about all of the features that you want to introduce. Uh, to get new features and to build something that people want, you have to know what people want, right? This is, in my opinion, the biggest benefit of community, which is people throw in feedback whether you want it or not. Mm-hmm. If you have a feedback channel, some of your people will bash you every single day, but that is exactly what you want, right? Yeah. You want to hear that. 
And that's what a community gives you. So if you have a community of uh, fitness influencers, they're obviously going to be pissed at your startup if they can't perform the action that they want to perform. Usually in a normal world without a community, you close an app, you look for a competitor, or you just don't bother. When you have a community, you go out there and you rage. People love raging online. So just use that to your advantage. Like you, you see what they want. Um, that to me is still one of the most tangible benefits of community in the, in the short run. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And it, it definitely makes me feel more and more, give me more and more conviction that that's the pathway that we need to go down is, uh, let's, um, you know, let's, let's have a community manager that can get all of these creators together because to be quite honest, like they're all so like-minded, like I'll talk to one, I'll talk to another one. I feel like I'm talking to you know, the same person. Um, you know, they just, they're so excited about training. They're so excited about working with clients and, um, they're just so like-minded that it just makes so, so much sense that they should all be, you know, hanging out with each other. So yeah, I completely agree with you. What are, what's, if you could have a community builder, what's like two to three traits you're going to look for in that person that's going to be like, Hey, I know this person is going to be successful at the job. Um, just like, I think social, social skills are really overvalued. Um, Personally, I am really not a social person, um, so I, I would usually just I, I'm I'm an introvert. Like I leave my house maybe once every like three months. Um, <laughs> no, that's not a joke. Literally, I went out for New Year's for New Year's, and I feel tired for the rest of 2022. I'm staying. Okay. Home. <laughs> um, don't overvalue social skills. Like just because someone can uh, speak well, that's cool, but whatever. What you should look for is someone who is super data driven, just data driven, who cuts, pa- who who can see through the bullshit of, hey, let's just build relationships, which is, yeah, the point, but uh, let's figure out what the numbers are and how can we improve on those numbers. Find someone who is deeply insecure to the point where they have to improve on your numbers because otherwise they will go to bed at night thinking that they're not worth it. Um, <laughs> how do you ask? All... How do you ask that question in an interview? <laughs> how do you how do you pull that little bit of a, a personal quip out of a person? Hey, we need to know if you're really insecure. So, how insecure are you on a scale of one to ten? You know how when you go to the therapist and like in the movies, the first question they ask is like, "Tell me a little bit about your mom," and then the people just break down. So, in an interview, just like, "Tell me a little bit about your mom." Um, but no, I'm joking. But someone that is data driven and someone that genuinely. De- Benchmarks are there for them to set the minimum, mm-hmm. right? It's not an average to them. It's the minimum. And yeah. it should be right now within community building. This area is new. Every benchmark now should be eclipsed within the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. So find someone who's going to be part of that like journey of eclipsing it. And someone who is with a proven history, good and consistent in performing mundane, monotonous tasks. Because that's what it is a lot of the time. Scheduling your 50th one-on-one is difficult, but yep. it needs to be done. That's it. Yeah, I think, I think that's great, and that's, that's super helpful. So one last question to round it all off, um, and, we'll, uh, and we'll wrap this up. This has been really enlightening, and I'm, you know, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this. Colin's actually good at getting reach as far as like viewership goes. So hopefully a whole bunch of people get to listen to this and and learn a little bit about community. Um, But last question is, what book are you reading right now and why? And would you recommend it? Yeah, sure. Um, Right now I'm reading The Business of Belonging by, uh, sorry, not The Business of Belonging. I'm so stupid. It's uh, People Powered. People Powered is a book by Jonah Bacon. It's about community building. Uh, would I recommend it? Uh, sure. If you're a community builder or business owner who's thinking about building a community, uh, otherwise, like if you're just a normal person, no, I don't think I'd recommend it because like, why would you do that? Right? Like read something that you enjoy, read something that you think is fun. Um, so a book that I would generally recommend is, uh, inspired by Marty Kagan which is a book for product managers. It helps you just build tech products that people love 
And um, I don't think it is specific to people who are just uh, like looking at themselves as product people. Even if you're a developer and you're thinking about going into indie hacking, like just read that book. Try to yeah, understand. I, I've heard of that book. It's been recommended to me in the past. I think it's on my Kindle, um, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. So I'll definitely have to yeah. check it out now. It's definitely worth it. And it's going to be even better if you're at the very start of your journey because I started reading it like six months into at least building a product, which was an MVP. So I already knew like 70% of the things, which always is such a terrible thing about a book, right? Like if there's one thing that I could wish for in the world is just this platform that analyzes all of the books that I've read, all of the courses that I've taken, and then shows me how much stuff is going to be redundant in a new course that I buy or in a new book that I read. Man, that's a good idea. That's a really, really good idea. I would kill for that. The amount of money I would pay for that is insane because there's nothing less fun than reading a book and then just seeing this like whole chapter about what you know. But you continue reading that chapter because you're like, oh, but what if there's like a little golden nugget in there that I can get from that other place? There's never a golden nugget. <laughs> like, yeah, even an- if there an- is. Anecdotally, I listened to a podcast. I listened to the Tim Ferriss show with Peter Thiel and... It wasn't a traditional Tim Ferriss episode. It was the the co-author of Zero to One and Peter oh, yeah. Thiel like doing an interview with each other. And they were just he was just asking him questions that gave answers from the book Zero to One. And so then after I listened to that interview, I listened to it like a couple times because it was short, it was like thirty minutes. I listened I read the book Zero to One and I just felt like I was listening to the interview again. <laughs> So it would have been nice to just know I didn't have to do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But once you're in it and putting down a book and deciding not to read it always feels like a failure. And you don't want to do that, right? You don't want to get that feeling. No, not for me. I've I've trained myself to put down a book within the first 10 pages if I don't think it's going to be worth anything or if I'm not having fun. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That's a good one. Um Something that I would always recommend, but that you should definitely take with like a pinch of salt or a grain of salt. I don't know. English is my third language. Is Malcolm Gladwell stuff. Uh, he writes great books. They're super entertaining. They're, they're, they're just interesting, to be honest. The data in there is always cherry picked as fuck. I don't even, I didn't even ask you if I can swear, but yeah, you're good. Yeah, I mean, my mom doesn't listen to this, so who cares, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, one of my episodes is called "What It's Like to Be a Stripper," so I'm, there's no there's no filter here. Okay, fair enough, cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just Gladwell stuff is great. Start with yes. the tipping point. Yeah, I've um, obviously heard of Malcolm Gladwell. He's an interesting character. He definitely has very strong opinions, and uh, yeah, I have to I'll have to dive in. Yeah, you're going to have fun. Trust me. I'll do it. Hey, hey, Karosh, this was a good time. Obviously, I, I learned a lot. I hope when people give this a listen, they also learn just as much. I'm, honestly, I've already made decisions in my head about how I'm going to approach some things moving forward just from this conversation, so I couldn't be more thankful. Um, and yeah, man, uh, get back to work. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. It was very, very fun. I hope I can come back to this episode one year from now and realize how many wrong things I said and just like <laughs> see how far we've come one year from now. <laughs> but yeah, all right, man. Have, have a nice one. Speak later. Yep, absolutely. Bye. Bye.